You should now be in Praça da Figueira. At the beginning of the 20th century, there was a market here. Pessoa describes it in his book Lisbon, What the Tourist Should See. This market is very popular and lively. It is built in iron with a glass roof and is made up of a large number of small shops and stalls facing the streets and the inside of the building. The best time to see it is in the morning when it offers an animated scene. Imagine. A woman is plucking a chicken, another skinning a rabbit. It is the will of life with characters in it. Sailors in white come and go. Cars, trams and bicycles are circling the square. A policeman signals with his hat and gives directions with the help of a whistle. Prices and products are discussed. Ideas are exchanged. Fernando Pessoa obviously reaches a critical literary maturity, really in a particular period, well, the post-Orfeo period. But at the same time, he's incorporating a lot of knowledge from his five, four years, or even earlier in Durban, uh, which he was accumulating. There are the tragic Greeks, the pre-Socratic philosophers, Enlightenment philosophy, the evolutionists, idealism, French decadent symbolism, there's German romanticism, theosophy, esotericism, astrology. There's a whole series of authors and knowledge, and all this information that in fact he finds, during 15 years, he was amending and digesting, absorbing, and then they came to the fore. The more immediate form of Pessoa's work, what we call the heteronyms, the heteronymy, gives a spectacular and very impressive view of what the consciousness is of the entire 20th century. That is the crisis of the subject, the inability of the individual to recognize their unity, their fullness, the inability of a person to look in the mirror without seeing themselves as a stranger. Fernando Pessoa says that practically this phenomenon of the heteronyms, the word he uses is heteronymism. The word heteronomy is used later by the critics. It is a phenomenon that begins in childhood, in early childhood, with Chevalier de Pache, this gentleman of denial, and with other characters. And the generic idea was a work written in the name of myself, Pessoa, and a part written in the name of other people, heteronyms, semi-heteronyms, and all kinds of fictitious authors. Fernando Pessoa defined himself above all as a dramatic poet, didn't he? He said that one of the heteronyms was a drama because it was a dramatic monologue and altogether they constituted another drama. The drama in people goes beyond the tragedy because it is a living tragedy in the sense that there are authors within the author, including Pessoa himself, who also forms part of them as a heteronym. There's Pessoa the author and Pessoa the heteronymous. Of the real heteronyms, that is, each with his own life and style, there are in fact only three. Alberto Caero, Ricardo Reis and Álvaro de Campos. These four 
these four heteronyms, considering Fernando Pessoa himself the heteronym of himself, each one represents an aspect of his aesthetic and his poetic philosophical project. Each one had something new, something original, and was a key piece. Fernando Pessoa presents Avro de Campos in the magazine Orfeo in 1915. Then he presents Alberto Cairo and Ricardo Reis in Athena in 1924-1925. There are three strong personalities, three personalities of a poet with a work, a biography. They have their own personal history, and above all there is a relationship established between them. One is the master, and then there are two disciples. Two disciples completely opposite and different from each other. One a classicist, and the other a modernist. Ricardo Reis is more stoic. Alvaro Campos is more Nietzschean, in the sense of violence, the concept the struggle against the prejudice of society, the struggle against the great philosophical and academic names. And Pessoa himself represents a bit of his own struggle between Plato and Homer, the struggle between rationality and instinct. The master completely escapes the definitions. Alberto Cairo is the desire to return to the roots, to the original. He represents paganism itself. Pessoa himself said he exists to recover the primitive Greek way of philosophizing through poetry. And this is Alberto Cairo. And that's why he's the master, isn't it? Because he was able to return to the source and brings a knowledge that can quench the thirst of the moderns. This water is called sensationism. Pessoa from an early age began to try and theorize about the art he wanted to create and multiplied it into isms, intersectionism, Paulism, then sensationism. What is the basic principle of sensationism? It's the idea that sensation is the basis of all consciousness. We are sensations that are thought by our consciousness. I placed all my power of dramatic depersonalization in Cairo. I placed all my mental discipline, clothed in its own special music in Ricardo Reis, and in Alvaro de Campos, I placed all the emotion that I denied myself and don't put into life. Pessoa explained ethronyms in a letter to Adolfo Casais Monteiro, one of the directors of the literary magazine Presença. This now famous letter is dated January 13th, 1935, and it is where Fernando Pessoa speaks of the mythical triumphal day. It was the 8th of March, 1914. I walked over to a high chest of drawers, took a sheet of paper, and began to write standing up, as I do whenever I can. And I wrote 30-something poems at once, in a kind of ecstasy I'm unable to describe. It was the triumphal day of my life, and I can never have another one like it.
Now we know that the story wasn't quite like that, that it had to be wrongly told, because it was a poetic story, and the plain truth wasn't good enough for the new Cairo, the master but young Cairo, who died before his time. Cairo does not have to think to write. The spontaneous Cairo, that is a myth, and is a myth that Fernando Pessoa had to preserve in 1935. But this spontaneity was never going to be straightforward. The simple universe of the master is transformed by love. The shepherd in love lost his staff and the sheep scattered over the slope. And so lost was he in thought that he didn't even play his flute. No one came or went. He never found his staff. Other men, cursing him, rounded up the sheep. He had not, after all, been loved. There is a very important document for the explanation of ethronyms, the notes for the memory of my master Cairo. It is signed by Álvaro de Campos. In these notes, encounters between ethronyms are described. It also features Antonio Mora, a philosopher. Antonio Mora is another important figure. Just like Rafael Baldaya, who's an astrologer who made astrological predictions and gave astrology consultations, just as there is a Thomas Cross who dedicated himself to making riddles, to solving riddles, and just like the others, there is Pero Botelho, only a biography, and this has to do with the dimension of the heteronym that is merely playful. It is neither literary nor poetic. I think that heteronymy, the classification of what is and what is not a heteronym, or if there are pre-heteronyms or sub-heteronyms, I don't think that really matters. I also think it's very difficult to separate Fernando Pessoa's life from his work. There is a continuity between the two. In 1929, another figure appears. In the letter of 1935, Pessoa describes this figure as a semi-ethronym. His name is Bernard Suárez. He is a bookkeeper's assistant who lives and works at Rua dos Douradores, our next stop. When you are there, you can start the next episode.